Welcome everybody to All Heart Podcast. My name is Noe Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this is a podcast that is all about... Joy and pleasure. 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 (laughs) This is our open heart segment. Every week we get together, well every other week we get together and talk about a question from one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Those we, have been great. They've been really good lately. Yes, yes. Y'all y'all been really checking us out. I want to give a special shout out. Like, we're getting so many more listeners, so many new followers. We're up in your stories. We it's, love it. You're in our DMs. Y'all all in it. Y'all making us feel like we doing what we're supposed to we be doing. doing. We it's doing it. Yeah. We're doing it. We doing what we're supposed to be doing. So we're just so grateful for everybody. Listening, sharing, share us in your stories. I think that's one of the greatest ways to talk about this podcast. It is. Let people know which episode you're listening to or, you know. But this one is all about answering anonymous questions. Yes. So this question says, for today... Oh, question for today. I'm secure enough in my faith to explore other philosophies and spiritual practices without fear or anger. And I'm particularly interested in imagining how Christianity would be practiced without the lens of colonizers. You often mention terms and concepts that range from Zodiac to Yoruba to Hindu. Could you clarify your spiritual beliefs? Or if that's too personal, where's a good introduction to various indigenous belief systems? Most of the resources I find are wrought with racist fear-based language. Mm. Oh, I love this question. You know, this is right up our alley. It is. And you know what it really made me realize is next week we need to talk about or the next open heart we need to talk about are a little bit more about our backgrounds. Yeah. Who we are. Because I was like, who are these people talking about (laughs) joy and pleasure and R. Kelly and forgiveness? And y'all just taking our word for it. And we haven't told you much about ourselves. (laughs) I was like, dang, I guess. I guess. Yeah, we don't really even talk. We reference Mm -hmm. different things spiritually, but we don't really talk much about it. So do you want to start there? What are our our spiritual? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And a little bit about the journey, because I think, you know, I'm I'm a person who used to identify as Christian, who grew up raised Christian. My family was never hyper-religious. It was never like a forced thing. It was just like an understood thing. Um, And really loved the church I grew up in as a child, had a really wonderful pastor, and was very active. Always went to private schools that were religion-based, really didn't even understand the differences in a lot of ways until like I got to high school, which was a Catholic high school. And and that's when I was told I was an apostate. And it was just (laughs) really complicated because my dad, you know, my dad is from Panama. So my dad was Catholic um, at a certain point. And I I believe I was baptized Catholic, but I didn't practice Catholicism. And that's what made me an apostate. Mm. It was fine, whatever. I I moved on. Um, But, you know, so there was like, that was like an introduction to like the differences in different practices. At that point, I didn't even know about different denominations in the Christian church or anything like that. When I um, got older and stuff was going on in my home, my parents were struggling, going through divorce and stuff. Um, Spirituality became more ingrained in me. And I will say, I think it was always there, just not in a religious capacity. Mm -hmm. Like I remember loving, loving, loving to read Bible stories. Like the stories just I thought were amazing. I used to read them in my great-grandmother's house. I remember loving the music. Um, and my grandma, my great-grandmother giving me a hymnal with her favorite 
uh, hymns marked um, and spending a lot of time. She had a whole collection that I would just sit on her floor and read the Bible stories. And I remember I used to be able to memorize verses really easy. Just little things like that that I remember like being a spiritual child, but not necessarily assigning it to a religion. Mm. I remember praying for my mom when she was sick one day and, you know, she had been sick for days. And then the next morning, like seeing her up and out of bed for the first time in days and feeling like, oh, my prayer did that, you know, <laughs> like, um, so, um, so when I got older and was going through a hard time uh, around 18, 19 years old, you know, I decided I wanted to like venture out and find a church of my own, feel fed and found a church. It was a mega church. It wasn't a mega church at the time. It became a mega church during the, I was like during that transition period. Crazy. Oh yeah. And, um, <clears throat> I think the whole purpose of me going to that church was one, I met a couple of really great friends that I'm still friends with today. And two was the the reality that you have to define your relationship with God for yourself. Right. Because going in there so young, I was very vulnerable to other people's ideas of what that relationship was supposed to be. I made decisions based on what they told me that should be. Mm. Um, I was told the Spirit said this versus the Spirit telling me. So it was just things like that. And I was young. And then eventually, you know, I just, I, I don't deal well with hypocrisy. And so when I saw a lot of that going on, I was out. Um, and it and that began a journey of like some anger, some discomfort, um, like who is God to me and experimentation, I think, with my spirituality in terms of like, okay, if I start referring to God as she, does that change my relationship with God? Mm. No, that actually feels kind of good. And maybe I'll go back and forth and maybe sometimes I won't say either. Or just like really challenging the things that I came to believe, were they given to me or were they things I authentically believed? And so I, I did this for quite a while, and I, I felt good in that space. You know, I took up yoga. I could see myself practicing Buddhism. I never actively practiced it, but definitely meditation was a part of my life. Um, and it was years before I felt like I needed something more anchoring, finally, because I had been floating in the spiritual ethers for quite a while. And, um, and, and I was introduced to elements of things that were starting to open up like an, an an ancestral portal. So like crystals opened up something for me ancestrally. Discussing chakras opened up something for me ancestrally. And I began mm-hmm. to say, okay, whatever I want to practice, it needs to have something to do with my ancestors. Because this is very clearly something that like feels so completely right in my soul. Um, and so I started to do more research on like what I had learned I needed, which was femininity. I needed a feminine energy. I needed an African-centered energy and I needed nature. Um, And so there's a lot of that in Afro-spirituality. And and I wanted the one I could find with the least colonizer influence, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which led me to practice Ifa, which is my practice now. Um, and, And when people ask me how I chose between the different varied forms, it's literally, I just did not want anything that had passed through the Spanish or the French or the British or anybody else. Um, and have has really I've really found a home with it. And I think part of taking a spiritual journey is remembering that, you know, it's not necessarily because a lot of people will like go from practice to practice to practice because people disappoint them. 
Right. And what I've learned is like everybody is human. Like even the people yeah. that I went to the mega church with were human. And um, but what I needed was intimacy. And I think for mm-hmm. a lot of people who are Christian, you, when you look at Ifa, it doesn't feel super different. I remember, I mean, it, it's different in the, the colon is different from the colonized. I really think that the, I don't know. I don't know enough about this history on this piece, but you know there was practices of Christianity pre-colonization, and um, in different parts of the world, and Ethiopia comes to mind. Um, and so, I think when you look at that versus what we received as descendants of enslaved people, they're very different. And I think the version that is practiced in different parts of the world that are not colonized, that were not colonized to practice it. Um, It's closer to Ifa than some would even think. I think it just has a lot more of the nature component to it than than people are are accustomed to thinking about or considering. Yeah. I'm going to, because I want to answer that part of Mm -hmm. her question second. So I'm going to say my spirituality is I was raised first in a more Baptist church until I was about six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. My um, my family's from a long line of ministers, music ministers, preachers, many, 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 <laughs> many generations. Um, and so I was raised in the church. When I say I was raised in a church, I mean, I was raised was in a church there. Monday through Sunday, raised mm, in the church. Mm-hmm. So sleep, my, all my sleepovers were with the pastor's daughter mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I was just in the church, 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 catching, watching everybody catch the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <No>. Like <laughs> you, you look exhausted. <laughs> just talking about. I was just, I was a real, really, really in the church, and then. The church we went to as I, when I was a child was, you know, doing them things that certain churches do, mm-hmm. which is steal from people, manipulate mm-hmm. people, greed. Greed gets everybody. Right. So we left that church at a certain point and we were without a church home for a while. Then my mom met my stepdad, who was Italian and Catholic, mm-hmm. and we converted to that. And I went to catechism. Back at a church. <laughs> I went to catechism every weekend on Saturdays. I was in um, catechism school learning about the Catholic faith. And that was boring as shit. And I missed... <laughs> <laughs> your Saturdays. You missed your Saturdays. I, I missed my old church where, you know, mm. people used to just like move sing and, and move yeah. and dance and, and be black and shit like that. So... But I was Catholic for a long time, and I was the leader of the youth group, and I was mm. leader of the youth choir. I was singing every day, all the time, you know, just all of that. My mom is actually a really influential singer in the Catholic Church, so I grew up very, very Catholic from the time I was about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And then when it became time to be confirmed, which is when you're a Catholic, you say, I want to be Catholic. You make a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I had all of my sacraments Later, you mm-hmm. have them when you're a child, but because I wasn't a child when we entered, even mm-hmm. when I was a baby. So I had my first communion and my, I remember when I went to my first uh, confession, mm-hmm. I was like, what's this for? Mm-hmm. Well, I got to tell everything to this man. Like, why do I need an mm-hmm. intercession? Like, this isn't, it just didn't make sense to me that I wouldn't just directly speak to God. Mm-hmm. 
My mom had a belief that she shared with me early on, which is that God comes to people in the form that they they can really accept God. Right. So she used to expose me to a lot of things. We had roommates that were practice, practitioners of um, Lukumi, Santeria. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was 13, I was building ancestral altars mm-hmm. and putting out food and learning prayers mm-hmm. and singing songs. And this was just normal mm-hmm. in my home. Right. When I was about 16, my mom bought me a big meditating. At this point, it was I know it was probably like like Lakshmi, like she brought mm-hmm. me bought me this beautiful like thing to hang in my room, which had all of the chakras mm-hmm. aligned, and I would just sit in front of it and close my eyes, and I had no idea what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. So by the time I graduated from high school, I made the decision not to be Catholic. I had too many questions that folks didn't really like, and I was kind mm. of kicked out of a lot of those classes and. I went to lots of different Bible studies and I was just always very curious and pushing. And, you know, I ended up in like the new age, new thought Mm -hmm. world. And um, even over there, I wasn't too popular. (laughs) (laughs) I was asking a lot of questions like, if we're all God, why is there only one preacher here? Like, let's rotate. Why we all putting this dude on a pedestal? Like, I was just always a person who was... Challenging that. Challenging, being a rabble rouser. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in religion right. very much. Right. You know, I think it's great for folks. Right. It gives structure, it gives order. Right. But I've always come back to breathing, mm-hmm. meditation, prayer, you know, all the things that, you know, were kind of my cores. Yeah. So, me personally, I wouldn't define myself as. Any one thing, we're raising our children to really follow a comedic way of life. Yeah, um, we're That's raising our children. To y- yeah, yeah. Like Both of these practices are ways of life. They actually don't. Ifa doesn't consider itself a religion. It's like more of a, it, it's in the West. That's how it's presented. Mm-hmm. But it's considered a way of life, and mm-hmm. spiritual technology is a part of that way of life. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we we raise our children to. To really look at like the law, to really look at the the science mm-hmm. um, of the spirituality of our greatest, oldest ancestral lines, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and my ancestral lineage can be traced all the way back to ancient Kemet to mm-hmm. to Egypt. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like I embrace it all, but yeah. I'm not I'm not any of it. I think that Jesus is a really great. Um, North Star mm-hmm. for many. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that I was born into a Christian yeah. household yeah. and I was given morality and yes, I was given yes. faith and mm-hmm. I was given um, the Bible. So to kind of answer your question, I think you said, from my point of view, a non-colonized view of Christianity would be kind of like biblically based. I think to me, the Christians that are most... To me, the Christians that are looking at the actual word of the New Testament are the Christians that I see that are doing the best. That's the that's the best thing I could say. Yeah, for me, I think it comes down to following the specific texts that are around the life of Christ, right? And like Mm -hmm. like Christ's life and what Christ said. One thing Christ said was, you know, not to focus on Him, but to focus on. The source, right? Mm. Which is the 
sort of the opposite of what happened after he passed, but but the idea was that like you will do greater works than these. I'm here That's to show favorite. you what you're capable That's of. That's my favorite verse. He that believeth in me, the works that I yeah. do shall he do also and greater yeah. works than these for I go into my father. Right. Like to me that kind of call to action to do great things. But here. also to not idealize me. I'm just showing you. I'm literally your peer in this. I'm mm-hmm. showing you you two are divine in human flesh right and mm-hmm. i'm just showing you yeah. how to drive the car that god gave you right yeah um also christ as an example christ as a political figure christ as mm-hmm. uh, who was born to an oppressed group during a time of great oppression christ as a figure who was standing up for those who did not who, as a social justice figure right so i feel like decolonized christianity is like really um not whitewashing the presence of Jesus and not putting him in this position where he can't be accessed, but actually he was extremely accessible to the point we had to get on boats and go out to the ocean. Yeah, I wanted to say too, you know, one of my very best friends, she is the biggest Christian woman that I know. I mean, she is. Oh, for real. I hope you're listening to this book. He's such a good Christian. He's such a good Christian. But she surrounds herself with Mm non-Christians. And to me, if you're looking at that non-colonized... I mean, she knows knows my belief systems, you know, and she calls me a believer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, she's like, you walk as a believer, you talk as a believer, you live as a believer. So whether or not you believe, you know, yeah, I I personally don't believe in historical Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. But I believe in in Christ. I believe in the Christ. Right. So these are discussions that we have all the time. And this is my, like my best friend. This Mm -hmm. is someone I talk to constantly. If, if, you know, her children are my children, my Mm -hmm. children are hers. This very, very close friend to me. And she doesn't surround herself with other Christians mm. because that's not what Christ did. Right. Christ did not surround himself with people that thought like, thought like him, him. and mm-hmm. looked like him and yeah. acted like him. She moves with others. And I see how she moves through the world. And it's how Christ was said to have walked. Yeah. A book I would recommend. Um, we've thought about a couple, but one just came in my mind, Khalil Gibran, Jesus, Son of Man. Mm. I loved. Never read that. So Jesus, Son of Man is Khalil Gibran um, sort of imagining if I were to go back in time and interview people about Jesus, like it's them giving their like human interaction with Jesus. And mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful things, if people, people always ask me like, what's the most like beautiful thing that you've, Khalil Gibran's, Jesus, Son of Man, but specifically the part where Mary Magdalene describes Jesus. Mm. It's so beautiful. And it ends with the sunset in his eyes slew the, slew, is that right? slew the dragon within me and I became woman. Mm. I mean, she talks about him as like the attraction is beyond physical. It's like yeah. this man is changing my life with his presence, right? right? And changing the way I think and changing the way I move, right? And it's just a beautiful thing about like impact and and just like, and he says to her, many have loved you for themselves, but I alone love you for yourself, something mm. like that. And it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful. And to me, I got more Jesus out of that 
Interesting. <laughs> years in a pew, right, at times. And so that's a really, really beautiful one. There's another one called Jesus and the Disinherited by, mm. um, I think it's Henry Thurman. It could be Harry Thurman. Um, and that one is about um, Jesus as a social political figure mm. and how we reconcile, um, particularly black bodied people reconcile being Christian though Christianity was used to colonize, right? So it's really specifically for that question. Um, yeah, those are some, those are two really specifically if we're talking about Christianity. And then you asked about different kind of books for indigenous folks. The one that I recommend all the time is of Water and Spirit. It's by Molly Delma Somay. All of his works are, are incredible. The Healing Wisdom of Africa is another one by him we'd recommend. Yeah, it's just beautiful, beautiful work. And it, it's a very non-colonized view, mm-hmm. but Malidoma Somme's work is to bridge the West and to mm-hmm. with the indigenous African practice. So it's very kind of easy to put into practice, for yes. sure. It's yes. a great introduction. There's another one called The Fourfold Way that looks at like intersections mm-hmm. of different um, indigenous practices and what they have in common. So it's the way of the warrior, the way of the teacher, the way of the visionary, and the way of the healer. And it looks at the north, south, east, west, and combines all these different elements that we're, you find. We're in. nerds. We could talk. I about, know we, we could do this. Forever, we could give a lot of book, that, yeah. a lot of books. But what's the last one that an, an Ifa reference? Um, the 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 one I like is the Handbook of Yoruba Principles. I believe we'll create a link for it. But yeah, I believe it's called the, it. the yeah the it's, Handbook. It's great. It's really it's really great. It's, it's really especially great. if you're just starting and just trying to get an idea of what it's about. Um, and so, beautiful. like for me, like I grew up around people that were practicing Ifa, Lukumi, Santeria. I grew up with folks like that since I was about 13, 14 yeah. years old. So by the time I got to that book, like I was like, oh, like I, I know these things. Yeah. Like it had been a lifestyle that I had been around a lot of my life, but I still learned so much Good, and I got a yeah. lot of clarity from it. So, yeah. you know, always too, if you know folks, like what I do is like I have folks teach me different prayers or like Mm -hmm. sitting with people that are already practicing and it doesn't mean that you want to take on their religion but like I sit with my friends that are Baha'i and ask questions yeah ask them to read to me about Baha'u'llah like I want to know why you believe what you believe like I think that's one beautiful way to build bond intimacy community is to talk to people that you don't know yeah their religion and like really dive in with them even if you're like me and you're not really into religion yeah but i'm into faith i'm into belief i'm into spirituality i'm i'm so on fire for god so i'm just like (laughs) well you know that's the other thing i wanted to add is that i can say for ifa like um you know the thing about afro spirituality in general is it's it's not an either or type of thing. So there are right. people because it, because it's considered a way of life as opposed yeah. to a, a religion. There are people I know who are Christian who identify as Christian, but they they practice ifa as a way of life. You know, um, and that's not considered counterintuitive. Um, we celebrate Jesus. Um, we celebrate Jesus as a babalao, as a great one of the greatest teachers to ever you know bless this earth and teach us. Uh, positive ways of living and so there's like there's it's very kind of um, instilled to develop your own practice like you're given spiritual tools and technology and things like that but like 
how you set up your altar, how you set up your prayers, how you set, how, you know, what songs you use. A lot of that is really your walk. And yes, that's and one of the things I loved about it yeah. is I wasn't forced to like adopt a specific way of doing things. I'm really nurtured to follow my instinct and my spiritual guides to develop this relationship and feel out where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. And I feel like that's an empowerment that I didn't get from religion. Um, For sure. That I definitely have gotten in more of the practices. I know we're going to get deeper into this. I, I know. Mean, this, this is, is probably going to be a whole this topic. This is the longest all heart ever. <laughs> yeah, open heart segment that we've ever done because we love religion, okay? I know we, we said love we the don't. People. We love the people. <laughs> we love all the spiritual systems. We didn't even touch on Islam. I know. Love I y'all know. too. We can, go, we can go on and on. We, we love y'all too. Oh my God, there's so many. So thanks but for But they're listening. all beautiful. There's, some, there's something beautiful about all You see all, how I'm trying to wrap them. it up and Thea's still trying to go? I'm done. I'm out. That's it. Thea's still trying to talk about no, God not. right now. No, you trying to talk about I'm God right fire. now. What did you say about fire? I'm on fire for God. All right, y'all. Thanks for asking. It is an intimate question, and we're, we welcome them all. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace.